Good evening and welcome to WDIY and the program on every Main Street. This program takes a deeper look into the greater Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce and all of its affiliates. Our first guest tonight is Tom Stout, the Executive Director of the Lehigh Northampton Airport Authority. Happy New Year, Tom, and welcome. Hey, thanks, Greg. Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much. We have a lot to chat about first. Uh, Just a couple of quick things that are going on uh, currently. There's been some airline delays recently over the holidays and uh, cancellations. Um, Are you experiencing some of this? Uh, we've not been subject to this, and that's uh, some, some good news for us. Certainly, this is a, a national issue, and obviously we're seeing a lot in the news these days about a new variant, this Omicron variant, and, and sort of the impact that's having with uh, all sorts of folks, and certainly the airlines are, are included in that. Good. Well, I'm glad you're not experiencing anything. Uh, once again, these are usually not airport problems. They're airline problems, and, and I think there's probably some been some issues with staffing, too. Hey, you guys are, by the way, looking for some uh, employees, aren't you? Absolutely. So we are hiring. Uh, we have a lot of uh, openings at, at the authority, and uh, you can get to our website, flyeb.com. All of our postings are there. Uh, you can apply online. So a lot of really interesting positions. If Some things I think folks probably wouldn't even consider might be at an airport, uh, police officers, firefighters, you name it. So all kinds of interesting spots here if people are interested. Jobs are open. How did numbers look like at the end of the year? How do, can you wrap the year up a little bit for us? So we're, we're still pulling together our final numbers for uh, 2021. But that being said, there's, there's been a lot of uh, good information through November. I mean, we know that um, we were within 0.7% in November of, of November 2019. So again, just a, a few hundred passengers away from sort of back to pre-pandemic. It really looks like we had a, uh, an exciting holiday travel season again, in spite of what we were reading in the news and uh, some of the uh, some of the um, issues surrounding the pandemic. I know that there was still a lot of travel occurring uh, at your neighborhood airport here, so we were um, we expect the year to, to close out well. Um, I can also tell you that on the, uh, the cargo side of things. Uh, we are set to, to look at 2021 being our best uh, cargo year on record. So it continues to, to be a mix of uh, a lot of activity at the airport, but certainly uh, the, the trajectory is upward, and that's really encouraging. Tom, when you talk about cargo, can you give us a little insight into who's transporting things back and forth and how that works? Absolutely. So from the air cargo perspective, you really have a couple of different carriers here. Primarily, you're looking at Airborne Express or ABX Air. They do the the majority of the lift out of uh, the airport, but there are also um, a number of other carriers that you'll recognize, like uh, FedEx. Uh, ATI has been here for a while. Uh, Predominant two companies that, that we're working with here are Amazon and uh, FedEx, and, and both of those moving a lot of critical items in and out of the, uh, the region here, not just during the holidays, but throughout the year, and certainly that was important during the pandemic and, and continues to be uh, an important gateway for, uh, for the, uh, the carriers here. So we're excited to see the continued growth, and that continues to be something that we, we look to plan for as part of some studies that we've performed into the future. And this is important because this is revenue and jobs to the area, right? 
Absolutely. So, you know, we generate just a little over a half a billion dollars of uh, annual economic impact in the region. And um, that's, that's pretty significant. We have uh, over 6,000 jobs attributed to the airport and uh, the activities between our, our airport system. So it's, it's a significant economic engine for the region, and it continues to provide a number of jobs. I know uh, our, our friends at the air cargo sector are also hiring locally, so you can certainly look for um, you know, any number of positions here at the, at the airport. And, of course, you have the uh, Allegiant maintenance facility, don't you? We do. So we have a, a, an aircraft base here. They're uh, 18th base in, uh, in the country, and they're only based in the Northeast. And uh, that's really been significant for us as we see ultra-low-cost carriers like Allegiant really recovering much faster uh, in the country than a lot of the, the other, you know, the legacy carriers and so forth, really seeing a lot of that leisure travel, the pent-up demand, as we've talked about many times, uh, mm-hmm. continues to be driving a lot of the air travel uh, in, in the country. Jack, I'm just happy to see the new parking lot. <laughs> and so were we. You know, we were able to get that parking lot finished up uh, during the pandemic, so really minimal passenger disruption, but really providing a lot of new amenities for customers and pay, payment options and things. So we think it was a really great feature, and, and we were fortunate timing-wise to, to be able to get that accomplished you know, without uh, a lot of disruption to customers. Tom, you've recently introduced a 25-year plan for ABE. How do you start to develop something like that? Absolutely. So you're really looking at, you know, the airport, and, it's, and this is a strategic plan for the facility and something that we look to update roughly every decade, and it's really uh, a look into the future, 20-plus years into the future, and seeing, you know, really how the airport fits into the region and what its role is and any shifts in not just what's happened in our region but in the industry. And I think that's, you know, it's really a study um, that takes a look at sort of our context in the region and, you know, what are the passenger and freight markets here and what are really some of the things that, um, you know, are going to be important for us to look at as we look at development and capital and investment into the future. So take us through some of the experiences that the passengers might have in the near future. For example, I think you're doing some uh, work with the TSA area. We are. So that's that was a key finding of the master plan was, you know, really to get this terminal connector, this expansion of the TSA security checkpoint immediately underway. And we are uh, well underway. We kicked that off in May of last year. You know, it's a significant amount of earthwork and, and foundation work. We're about uh, 80% through the foundation work, and that's uh, moving right along. But the, the, the real key to this project is going to be uh, what we'll have at the end, and that's going to be additional screening lanes. If you've flown through ABE, uh, you know that we've had two TSA uh, passenger screening lanes for a number of years, and really the inability to expand it Uh, due to location of where the screening takes place. So this is really um, taking a couple of things into consideration. It's bringing our screening checkpoint up to the airline ticketing level, and it's expanding that area so that we have plenty of capacity for the future, uh, plenty of lanes of screening, 
and then minimizing the amount of elevation changes, vertical changes you have to make in the building in terms of how you get from counter to, you know, out to the gate area. So it's, it's simplifying that trip and making it, I think, a lot more intuitive for people. So uh, I think it's, it's a project that's uh, received a lot of support. We've received some, some grant funding for that project in Harrisburg, and, and I think it's been a project that people really understand the critical need for, and uh, certainly the master plan highlighted that for us. When you talk about critical needs, what are some other things that you've identified that the passengers might see in the coming future? whether it's now or 10, 15 years? Sure. So, you know, it, it continues to evolve. I mean, one of the things that, you know, we know that we're going to need to continue to invest in is, you know, parking facilities. We look at um, a lot of the activity. We've, we had to activate our, our overflow parking area during the holiday uh, rush, and that continues to be something that we've studied and will continue to study this year. I think the parking is uh, is something that you know we really need to understand what's happening in our terminal area and really to make sure that um, you know we're we're looking at what's happening um, right around the terminal facility and what's the best use of the space here because you know obviously that real estate is limited so in addition to um, some some additional parking improvements and whether that be surface parking or a parking structure. Uh, we're also talking about the development of a potential hotel on airport property wow. and really providing much-needed uh, hotel space in this corridor. We're, we're continuing to find that, that there just isn't sufficient capacity here and definitely some interest in, in providing some right here at the facility. So we're, we're looking into some options for uh, providing that hotel on property and, and providing that in proximity to the terminal area. So I think those are a couple of things, certainly, that people can continue to follow us on and, and uh, I think some developments that uh, could be pretty exciting for customers in the future. One of the things that I've noticed when I fly in and out is there are more people coming to ABE from the bigger cities. So when you used to see people travel to Philly or Newark for a trip, I'm now running into people who live in Philly or Newark, and they're coming this way. Why do you think that is? I mean, I really think, you know, there's a, probably a number of factors for folks. And, you know, um, I think, you know, certainly having... A number of uh, air service options here is, is, is great for us, but I think it really boils back to the ease and convenience that people experience here. Um, we really pride ourselves on our, our customer service, and uh, you know, we continue to see uh, emails and, and contact information from passengers and customers praising employees and, and things about the service that they received here and the surprise that that was maybe given some of their experiences at other facilities. And, and so we're really proud of uh, our staff. The employees here do a tremendous job serving the customers. And uh, I think that's, you know, one of those things that's a, really a hallmark for ABE and may, uh, may be something that people are looking to, uh, to take, uh, get their own experience on as they talk to friends and relatives and neighbors who have had really great experiences right here in the Lehigh Valley and, and maybe are worth driving a little bit to give it a try. So we're, we're always excited to, to welcome uh, a new customer. And we have a lot of listeners outside of our area that listen to us on the stream. It's a lot easier, I can tell you, to come to ABE and not have to deal with all the hassles of the big city airports. It's convenient, and uh, the pricing's the same. 
Yeah, and, and look, we're trying to make it, as we've talked earlier, we're trying to make it even more convenient with some of the projects, the new checkpoint, uh, really shortening up walking distances, parking options. And, and so I think those are the types of things, making sure that we're making the experiences as convenient, as hassle-free, as easy, and, and stress-reducing as possible. And I think that's, that's really our, our hallmark. So how's our buddy Abe? Abe, the pilot, you know, is, is doing well. He's reminding everybody to, to get to the airport a couple of hours ahead of time. Uh, we're saying two hours. Uh, just given some of the challenges, we know uh, there are uh, airports that are, as you mentioned at the beginning, that are, are dealing with some flight cancellations and airlines that are having some challenges. Certainly nobody is immune to the impact of covid and we know that uh, that can affect staffing at, at all kinds of levels, including at, at TSA checkpoints. So we want to make sure, we, while we haven't seen that issue here, we want to make sure that people are giving themselves plenty of time. It goes into making sure you have a hassle-free experience. You know, there's, there's plenty of things to do once you get through security. Uh, we have a children's play area. We have the sensory room. We've got uh, some uh, smart market vending. We've got some great food and beverage options, Dunkin' and, and others. So we want to make sure people give themselves plenty of time, get through security. We've got our, our ABE, our airport book exchange, and other things. So it's, it's a great opportunity to just relax rather than be in the rush and get here and, uh, and just take a minute before the flight to relax. And, Tom, I also want to mention, and you probably laugh at me, but when I get off the late-night flights, the one thing I like is that vending machine. Uh, you've got fresh food in the vending machine, and I know you must think I'm crazy because every time I see it, I go, hey, man, those sandwiches are really good. Oh, I know. <laughs> Trust you, me. I, I'm, I'm not you, joking. Man. I mean, I can't tell you, you know, when I'm over there, I'll have employees come up to me and say, you forget your lunch again? You know, yes, I did. You know, so I'm, you'll find me over there as well, and and. It's been extremely popular having that sort of grab-and-go option for people, I'll tell you. I see the delivery trucks here every day. They're, they're making sure those food options in there are very fresh and uh, quite tasty. So it has is. been really popular. Tom Stout, the Executive Director of the Lehigh Northampton Airport Authority. Thank you very much for being on every Main Street. Really appreciate the time, Greg. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Tune up your week with a great variety of jazz music on WDIY Monday through Friday nights from 9 to 11 offers many choices from the world of jazz featuring traditional to modern styles plus swing Sunday at 5 p.m. and improvisational jazz on the bridge Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Listen for new releases, interviews with artists, and information on upcoming performances right here on WDIY. Welcome back to On Every Main Street. Next, we welcome Jared Mast, the Executive Director at Greater Eastern Development Partnership. Welcome, Jared. Thank you. Happy to be here. Jared, what is the Greater Eastern Development Partnership? Um, we're a nonprofit in the city of Easton focused on the economic well-being and cultural vibrancy of the city of Easton. Formed in the early 80s around a couple specific projects and kind of morphed over the years with, you know, our current programs kind of coming into being in the early 2000s and over the last 15 years or so. So the umbrella of GDP uh, includes uh, the Eastern Farmers Market, the Eastern Public Market, the Eastern Ambassadors Clean and Safe Program, the Murals Program, uh, Community Initiative in the West Ward, a number of special events and festivals like PA Bacon Fest and uh, Heritage Day. 
Easton Out Loud and um, more recently collaborated with the city of Easton on the, the Winter Village um, that brought, you know, artificial skating rink and shop local huts to downtown over the, the holiday season. Yeah, that was really nice. How did, how did you get into economic development, Jared? You're a pretty visible person. We see you at a lot of things. <laughs> well, I uh, actually grew up in Easton and graduated from Lafayette with uh, a liberal arts degree and also kind of took a lot of science and math classes along the way and, you know, kind of came to be a bit of a generalist as, as I, I guess I describe myself, strong in kind of quantitative areas, but also uh, kind of soft skills of, of management. Worked in California for a number of years and was looking for, you know, kind of a next step in graduate programs that could support some professional growth. And I, I began to get interested in city planning. And so my late 20s applied to, to graduate school and ended up at Cornell for uh, their city and regional planning program and got a master's in uh, city and regional planning. And while I was in graduate school, started working uh, in some community engagement with a program called Design Connect, working with communities and kind of working through different design challenges on the architecture planning or landscape architecture front. Um, and then ultimately began to get involved in some projects in Easton. Um, so worked on the Simon Silk Mill project for a particular grant application through the EDA federal program that ended up um, granting, I think, $3 million in funds for that project, and then continued to work through grad school on some other project-related work for the city of Easton and GDP. And then when I when I kind of wrapped up grad school with the uh, the master's in city and regional plan- planning and some, some after doing some work in real estate and finance, came to work on the Easton Public Market Project as project manager and kind of helped launch that. Then ultimately, my predecessor left on maternity leave and decided not to, to come back to her role at GDP. And so I was, over the next year or so, moved into a director role and have, have kind of worked to grow the organization in different ways and continue to kind of build around the the existing programs that I kind of inherited um, when I stepped into the director role. We have a lot of listeners outside of our area that stream. Tell them what Easton is like. Easton's a really cool city with a lot of natural and um, geographic advantages, I think. You know, it's it's a city situated on two rivers, which means historically it was situated on two canals, the Delaware and Lehigh Canals. So the center of commerce going back to colonial times, which links back to um, our history around the Revolutionary War and, and the Declaration of Independence. Easton was one of the three cities where the Declaration of Independence was, was read. So um, we have a lot of uh, manufacturing and, I would say, colonial history here that's kind of grown over the last few hundred years. You know, we're approaching a uh, celebration of the uh, 250th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence and the 200th anniversary of Lafayette College. So we're looking at 2026 as a way to kind of shine a light on on some of those things. More recently, and it's it's kind of most recent chapter after a period of urban renewal and disinvestment in cities, Easton has bounced back as uh, a restaurant di- district that com- that's complemented by independent retail, kind of a vibe that supports all different types of folks, artists. It's a it's a diverse community that involve that uh, includes programming and small businesses and celebrations for for all different parts of our our community composed of four neighborhoods south side neighborhood the downtown district the west ward neighborhood which borders wilson and then the college hill neighborhood where lafayette college is hosted and so yeah long history of you know of different industry uh crayola and Benny and smith has history here and so we have the crayola experience history of lafayette college which i mentioned goes back to the 50th anniversary its formation around the 50th anniversary of our or independence and celebrating the Marquis de Lafayette. 
from historical institutions like uh, the State Theater and the Siegel Museum, and you know, progressive city government that continues to try and move move the ball forward and making Easton a um, you know a great place to live and work and spend time. You know, not just for visitors but also for its residents. Give our listeners a snapshot of the public market if they haven't been there. It's one of my favorite places to be where you can go in and there's all different types of food there. Yeah, I would say it's an updated kind of public market food hall concept. We have a variety of, of retail. We actually operate a um, fresh food option within the market called the Farm Stand. It's complemented by Sailors, which is kind of an old-school butcher where uh, a mix of ready-to-cook, ready-to-prepared foods, custom-cut meats, kind of something that's pretty hard to find in smaller communities these days. Also complemented by a fresh uh, fish option, Silver Shell, but then also has a mix of ready-to-eat, uh, fast-casual options, barbecue, uh, Rod's dogs, hot dogs, milkshakes, and, and burgers, tacos, pizza and uh, beer, which is scratch, uh, local winery, local chocolatier. I would say a world-class baker in Modern Crumb. She's worked for Thomas Keller in, in pretty uh, significant restaurants across the country before she landed in Easton. And then a take on ramen noodles from Mr. Lee's, which is from the Friders of Bolite in Salisbury Township. I yeah. want to make sure that people understand this isn't really a food court. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, this no, is it's really a mix. A, I mean, it's a mix this is an of incredible place. And, yeah, and it's a place for gathering. We have what we call a community room, which we host different community events and book signings and um, gatherings of different groups. We have a demonstration kitchen. There's a parking garage being built behind the market, which will include an adjacent plaza, which will be open this summer, which will be a really cool new public space in downtown Easton. And I would just say, you know, it's a center of, of gathering around food and community in, in downtown Easton. Easton recently passed an environmental action plan. How does that affect the future of Easton? What can we see? Yeah, I think um, climate action and, and action around, you know, everyone doing their part to respect the environment, but also to decrease carbon emissions and to um, do what they can around water usage and waste and what, you know, broadly painted what might be called sustainability, I think. You know, it's future-looking. It has to do with stormwater. It has to do with energy usage. And it involves different people doing different things. On GDP's end, you know, we have launched a composting program to eliminate food waste uh, at the public market, but also has supported community members who want to compost and have used that to support our community gardening programs, so kind of, you know, channeling food waste into soil health, and, and which then helps feed the community. We also recently, I think, the first commercial solar array was installed on top of the Easton Public Market last year and uh, officially put into commission. We also have installed bottle filling stations and kind of small things. We recycle thousands of cigarette butts every year through our Easton Ambassadors program, which are recycled into plastic pallets. So just looking at all the things that we do that have an impact on the environment and trying to cherry pick or grab at low-hanging fruit that's where we're able to make a difference and just just continue to work on that. You know, there's always the kind of big things from a sustainable sustainability perspective that you can tackle first, and then, you know, it doesn't mean the, the challenge is, is over or complete. You, you kind of keep working and, and doing things that make sense, not just for the environment or for sustainability, but also for your bottom line. Your city government seems to collaborate pretty well. Yeah, I, I, th- I think there's, you know, especially with between our organization and the city government, there's strong connection. The directors, you know, it starts with politicians kind of setting the table and being encouraging of that. You know, so we have a very encouraging mayor of um, cross-sector collaboration and, you know, organizations working with the city to, to do more. Um, and then that 
trickles down to uh, director-level positions in director of public works, director of community and economic development, you know, are, are very involved in, in initiatives that don't necessarily, um, you know, live in City Hall or weren't necessarily birthed in City Hall, but, you know, have a have the potential for positive impact for the, the residents. And so they're, they're supportive of that. So I would say, you know, it kind of starts at the top and we're lucky to have Mayor Panto, you know, encouraging those things, but it also has to occur at, you know, next level down for it to really work. Before we wind up, just talk a little bit about the waterfront. We have some new small businesses coming in. So we have a major uh, development project called the Confluence, which is at the site that was a former hotel site that was initially slated for the Da Vinci Science Center before it, you know, changed course and moved to Allentown. That's a project that's being developed by Perone Development out of Bethlehem. You know, they are completing another project on North Third Street here in Easton. Uh, really exciting project, large site that was kind of created by Urban Renewal, which I mentioned earlier, just, you know, destroying an old diverse neighborhood through 1950s kind of, you know, misguided planning. And this is a way of kind of correcting that, bringing it back into, um, you know, higher, better use, urban urban development as opposed to what we what we saw around uh, urban renewal, which is more kind of suburban style, low intensity development. And, you know, adds a lot of um, potential tax rateables to uh, the city's tax rolls and brings more people to downtown support the small business community here. And uh, I think will be a, an important entry point from, from the South or from 78 coming into the city as opposed to, you know, what it's been over the last 50 or 60 years. There's also been, uh, you know, in investments in our riverfront parks. Easton's unique out of the three cities of the Lehigh Valley in that our rivers, you know, especially the Delaware River is, is accessible from the downtown. There's park space um, that we program with uh, live music and uh, different events along the way. You know, that's complemented by, you know, the buildings that kind of kind of front that Larry Holmes Drive area of our city. Mm-hmm. What excites you going into 2022? 2022, I hope, is a, a general kind of return to normal and, you know, kind of re-harnessing of the momentum that we had in place going into the pandemic. Um, some projects have continued through the pandemic, which has been positive. You know, I'm excited for the Hearst Enthusiast Group to officially land in town. You know, that was something that's kind of stalled through the pandemic. You know, uh, Bicycling Runners World and Popular Mechanics uh, moved to Easton um, and have an upgraded facility in downtown Easton. Uh, but their staff isn't kind of fully here yet. And so excited to to see them be here in kind of a, hopefully a post-pandemic world, hopefully getting back to kind of business as usual, and also continuing to support positive development that brings not just tax revenue, but, you know, additional feet on the street that supports small business, uh, additional diversity, additional housing um, to kind of add to the housing supply. We're also working on a housing plan that is complementary to the, the city's affordable housing goals and so trying to address different types of, of uh, housing needs in the community and to be supportive of, of folks that um, you know might not be able to uh, rent a quote-unquote luxury apartment. Jared, if somebody wants to learn more about what's going on, where can our listeners learn more? There's different websites for different kind of things that are happening in Easton. For things that are happening at the public market, I would direct folks directly to the Easton Public Market web site, which is eastonpublicmarket.com. For a listing of downtown retail and restaurant offerings, I would direct them to shopdowntowneast.com. For all of our listeners who are local and those who are streaming, make sure you check out Easton. There's a lot of fun things to do in the Easton area. Jared Mast, the Executive Director of the Greater Easton Development Partnership, thank you very much for being on every Main Street. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to joining you again sometime soon. 
You are listening to WDIY. Happy New Year. Up next on WDIY 88.1 FM, news headlines from NPR, followed by our Monday night folk program, Folk Classics.